you know, especially in, in you know New York, New Jersey, you know, I mean, that close to home, especially with a five-year-old. Right. I mean, you've had other girls who are like a little bit older kidnapped, but I haven't heard of a five-year-old unless it's a custodial interference. A lot of times, in this case, I don't think it is. Yeah, Bill mentioned that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's one case I remember from years from years ago. There was a girl that was kidnapped. I forgot where she was. I think it was in Jersey, and this girl apparently was very interested in DNA, and and. The news reported it. I mean, she was killed by the person who kidnapped her. But they saying that she scratched them up so much that they got DNA under her nails. They were able to identify who the perpetrator was on that case, and he was arrested. Uh -huh. You know, I remember that case. He like dumped on the side of the road somewhere. You know, that was like a long time ago. I saw this gigantic man just walked in. <laughs> I, I didn't know whether to call the local police or... Uh, Montgomery Delaney, <laughs> Montgomery just, Delaney walked in. just walked in. The, I could hear his, foot, his, his feet hitting the floor. Boom. 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 Be he alive or be he dead, I'll grind his voice. You never snuck at... You, <laughs> Montgomery, you never snuck in home at late, like coming home when you were married, just trying to sneak in. He can't. Boom. Boom. <laughs> He never Is that yeah, he's gonna play for us. He's, he's in full he's musician play, mode. He's gonna play the four four song. I like that song. So listen, we're here. We came out to Lucy's today to do this thing live. We're gonna do a comedy show afterwards. Um, we got a bunch of guests that have appeared on the show this season. I wanted to say this uh, because of doing this show. I I, I was I got on. Um, you know what that live PD is? Mm -hmm. Or PD yeah. live, you know? They also have a podcast. It's called uh, PD Stories. It's on A&E. And the guy who's the host, his name is Tom Morris Jr. He was on America's Most Wanted. He was like the co-host. You had the guy who was the, the kid's father. That, that was the main guy. And then, John Walsh. Yeah, John Walsh. And the guy who used to be out in the field was uh, Tom. And they asked me to do it. And at first I was like, you know, because I listened to that podcast a couple of times. It's very serious. It's as serious as if they were interviewing you and you're still on the job. Because when you're on the job still, you, you got to talk that certain way. When you're on the job, you're a guest. When you're off the job, you're a pest. Yeah. <laughs> Always remember that. So, um, so they asked me to be on it. And I know what the show's like. It's very serious. So I was like, you know, I'm a comedian, right? And they're like, the girl was like on the phone, she's like, yeah, 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 I know, I know. And I was like, you know, most of my act is about how horrible I was as a cop, right? And she goes, yeah, yeah, that's why we want you on. <laughs> I was like, all right. So then I went, and the guy, Tom, is a gentleman. He's a, he's a gentleman, but he's a professional. I mean, this guy has a voice. He sounds like a, the best announcer you ever sounded in your life. You know, that's exactly how he sounds. He's perfect. And he's asking me, like, serious questions. And he, he asked me, um, what was the scariest thing that ever happened to you while you were a police officer? And the first thing I thought of was uh, getting the notification to work the West Indian Day Parade. <laughs> you should have I thought his head was going to explode when I said that. He didn't even know. I was like, what? <laughs> and I said, the, se the second scariest thing, I think it was one time me and my partner were eating at this restaurant. And then um, I see the waitress running over to us with a check in her hand. 
And this place used to be good. And when I say good, I don't mean, you know, good, the food tasted good. I'm talking about, it was on the arm. It was free for cops. So she's running over, she hands me this check, and I'm like, where's Raul? Raul? Well, Raul? What happened to Raul? She said, oh, Raul sold the place. I'm like, I don't have $75. You know, your wife's a cop's wife when she uses terms like that. My wife would say, is this on the arm? You know, I was like, oh, since when did you become a cop? You know, it's talking like one, you know? So, yeah, that was, it's pretty cool. I wonder how much it's going to make it because afterwards, I asked the girl what they are they planning on airing it, and she goes, "Well, you know, once we get it past, uh, I think it's called standards and practices." She goes, well, "If there's anything left after standards and practices, we'll let you know. Uh, we'll see. I'll let you know when it is." But it was pretty. You know, I did. Uh, it was funny. Good. It's completely different than anything else that they have on that. You know, that they're doing. So we never pass your standards and practices. Did you really say the things you just said? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I said worst. It was everything. Every time he asked me something, I had an answer that was absurd. You make me laugh. But that's why they had me there. I thought everybody was laughing. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I'm thinking maybe I should. I did some part series. I mentioned, uh, you know, that we had like ten suicides now this year. Yeah, it's a lot. And I mentioned that we got to do something about that and, and, and see that Back all these guys that are on the job the can go get, uh, go to uh, see a therapist, you know, and not have any stigmatism attached to it. Uh, to take care of some of that PTSD before it really... Did you watch Bill Burr's special? I didn't, no. When he talks about putting everything down here? <laughs> stuffing it down here and then it, all right you got to see the special it's great but that's how come he's so angry because he keeps stuffing everything down here well a lot of people are talking about they want to try and do something about the suicide problem but it's not a new problem we had it for years, years and yeah but it seems like it's, it's it's been slow to the draw they haven't done shit because the truth is they don't care about you in my nsu yeah. there was two alone that yeah. committed suicide in my nsu yeah. you know what do you mean when you first got on yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they committed suicide like a couple of years later, but you know, they oh. were both in my end. Pat Lay was one and, yeah. and Mitch, Mitch Offa. You know, you live, you live with that gun and, you know. Happened four six the other day. Yeah. I mean, if you had to think about it, I could, I could tell you two right off the top of my head that I worked with daily, every single day. What, you worked with who? Uh, Pete McGinnis and then Mike, um, no. Mike uh, Amiri. So that's two that I could just write, and I'm sure there's more, but... But I think a lot of times the suicides also have to do, like, you know, first of all, they're probably drunk when they do it. I mean, I mean, depression, you know, and like, you know, even drinking is a depressant also, so... And I think that the job, like, a lot of people can get help because if they do reach out for help, they take your guns away, right. everybody knows, you know, have a gun squad, so that's a big problem. That's why I was saying you should have everybody... It should be a thing. Like when you go to the range, you got to go once a year, maybe twice. You got to go to a therapist. That's why I went to therapy. And then every the single person is is given like a clinician, the way that you're giving a district surgeon, and you got to go. Yeah. Then you remove the stigmatism. Everybody's got to go. Yeah, but you know, if you have so a problem, no... you have GHI. You can actually have the optional rider, and you can go see a therapist outside of. The... I, I went to one to take the high option rider yeah. if you were Irish, because you could probably wind up going to the farm. Yeah, yeah. At some point in your career. <laughs> So I, went, I did take that. I never went to the farm, but no, I, no, I, 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 I had it just in case, you know. 
I had one when I was on the job. I didn't really tell anybody about it because it wasn't anything job related. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, <laughs> it was because like my sexual, it wasn't a sexual addiction so much, but <laughs> let's just call it, it, whatever it was, it was so I could stop cheating. Is that the doll you had that you blew up? <laughs> no, man. No. <laughs> Look at me. Think I would need a doll? <laughs> I had a lot of dolls, but they weren't blow-ups. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I went there and uh, for it didn't really work out. She didn't. She couldn't help me. No. Rochelle, I overwhelmed her. <laughs> she couldn't keep up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I, I think that's something that needs to be implemented. I'm sure it's going to be costly, but <clears throat> uh, it's worth it. If anything. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, man. You know who I see in the back here, uh, Michael O'Keefe. The author of um, Shot to Pieces, great writer. Michael O'Keefe was um, the cop, I believe it was 1992, was, that was involved in the uh, Kiko Garcia event, and uh, which caused the Washington Heights riots. <laughs> Can we get Mike up here now? Yeah. Mike, would you like to come up well, here? You, you're gonna say goodbye to Irma? Just like, hi, sure. Bye, Irma. Hey, hi. Scott Wagner just walked in. <laughs> What's up, Scott? How are you, buddy? Mike's making his way to the stage, and uh, here he is. In phenomenal shape. Mike, who's, who are you you look beautiful, by? bro. I'm sorry, what? You, you look tattoos, beautiful. Tattoos, are they by... Uh, uh, the big one is actually a cover-up. It's a uh, high... Is this the best shape you've ever been in? No. I mean, I, I'm not talking about when you were young. I'm talking about, let's say, from 30 to now. 30 to now. Because I know you cut out the carbs you mentioned, right? You're still not doing that? I actually went back to trying to play football on the sneak. Don't do that, man. You're going to get hurt. And I got into this put kind the, of put shit. The, put the, put the, and then my wife found my football equipment. In the yeah, you're going to get hurt, and then you're not going to be able to get uh, train, and then you're going to get heavy again. Just train. Don't go back to playing football. I'm telling you. It's the keto diet, right? Keto, yeah. Keto, yeah. I'm so. on the Cabernet diet. That works. <laughs> yeah, that's good too. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of antioxidants in red wines. So. I do the Tito's. So you'll get fat as a house, <laughs> but uh, your veins will be clean. Yeah, yeah. Tito's that's is true. actually in the um, keto diet. Yeah. They go, like, if you're going to drink on keto, you should drink Tito. <laughs> ah, that's a good commercial, right? <laughs> I just made, it, made that up. You guys well, Mike, are my witness. What's been going on? Give us a little... Uh, uh, I'm, uh, I actually pulled back the manuscript of my next novel uh -huh. to revise it. Probably added about another 30,000 words of five separate plot lines involving governmental corruption in New York in the 70s. Wow. And uh, I had a half a dozen really bad villains to begin with. It's a full book, doesn't now. I'm very excited. I know everyone's getting ready to submit it. Mike, everyone sitting out here probably has a book in their mind. But they don't have the talent you have to write. I know I don't. Uh, <laughs> you know? I'll second that. I've got to be honest with you, and, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of us that have a book in them, or at least have a, a book of stories. Uh, but they're finding me on social media, and they're dumping them on me, and asking me, can you write this? And after reading 600 pages of dribble war stories that don't go anywhere and don't signify anything, right. Uh, you realize, no, you don't have a book in you. <laughs> and I'm certainly not writing it. Because I got my own to write. Uh, sure. But, uh, you go, you, if you, you have read? storyteller's ability, you read this yeah, stuff? you can write a book. 
People send you stuff and you read it. If they ask nice enough, I actually, one of the new characters that I uh, entered into uh, uh, the book, A Reckoning in Brooklyn, uh, was an undercover in 1973 named Angel Florio. Beautiful guy. Comes to all of my book events from the end of Staten Island, wherever I am, he shows up. Uh, asking me to write this story about how he had gotten shot by two kilos in Brooklyn in 1973. And uh, he tried to tell me the story. He can't tell the story. Uh, he sent me some paperwork. I got the, uh, actually got the copy of his Kel transmission when he got shot, which was harrowing, but it doesn't tell the story. Um, I finally had to reach out to his old partners, and they were like, yeah, no, that's all there is. He got shot in the hallway, that's all there is. So I was like, okay, so I had to break it to him. I said, listen, Angel, I'm not going to write a book for you. However, I have a book, and I'd like to put your character in it and have your episode, your incident, portrayed in, uh, in the book. And he broke down crying. Well, that's all he wanted. Good job, man. Wow. How rewarding. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to do with this thing because I, I, I told you from the very beginning, our mission statement was to memorialize these stories because there's so many great, great cops. This is, this is the medium to do it because when you're sitting down and you're speaking, cops together, mm -hmm. now everybody, we can all tell a story in that thing. Yeah. You actually have to sit down and write it. I mean, some people can't write a sentence. No. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, What's interesting it's thing about this, when we ask people, we have 33 episodes out now. When we ask someone to come on the show right now, they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone wants to come on now. You know, they want to tell their story. Yeah. Which is great. You, should, you, know? you don't want to slip unheard into obscurity because no. that's where we're all headed. <laughs> no, I mean, Jerry Seinfeld says that thing in the, the Comedians with Cars Getting Coffee. Like, what happens to the jokes? Right? What, what happens to the jokes when a comedian dies? Where, does, where do all those jokes go? And he's with Gary Shandling, and he's like, that's all you can think about. But the point is, it's like, what happens to these stories? You know, what happens to these great cop stories, these things that people were involved in? Once the person goes, that's it, it's pretty much gone. Well, I'm, I, I actually, it was so Unless you can write. It was so rewarding putting Angel into this novel, Angelo into this novel. I'm gonna put it out there. Anybody has something, they wanna be a Maya character in my book? Hit me up on Facebook. You may get overwhelmed. If it fits you know? the plot, you're in. Monty, I can't give him a little time, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you read the stuff, though. Yeah. I can't all, believe... All of us have stories. Any cop that works the street has stories. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, think about it. We, we had a front row seat at the greatest show on Earth. So, uh, I got it. What I want to do is, it's true. I'm yeah. trying to get, I'm trying to say that you read the story. That's great that you do that. That's a good thing. No, I, don't, I don't read the whole story. Like, yeah, I know. If it doesn't grab me in a couple of pages, I can't look. If, if a com comedian send me tapes, and it's it's such a hard, hard thing to, to just, all right, I'm just going to put it on and watch it. <laughs> because then you know you're re responsible for a critique. Yeah. You know? But you know what's so great is that when, you tell us a story, or another cop tells us a story. We know exactly what he's talking about. We speak the same language. You tell that same story to a journalist, and they don't know what the hell you're talking about. But yeah. they pretend they do. I, um, you know? There isn't a lot of uh, first-person accounts from cops in the 1970s. I mean, they were running from the NAP Commission and the feds at that point. So you understand that they didn't put things down on paper. 
So a lot of the research that I'm doing for this book, which takes place in Bushwick in 1979, it's, uh, I revisit and reimagine the Pizza Connection case, are accounts in the New York Times by journalists. And I read them, and about halfway through I start laughing, like, wow, somebody lied to you. <laughs> <laughs> so I work around, obviously I'm writing a novel, so I can just make up whatever I want, but I want it to feel historical. So. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, journalists are very easily misled. Uh, I, had, uh, I had a case in the 8-3 and I needed to go off the reservation. I wasn't getting any help from the chief of detectives office and I needed to publicize it. So I had to reach out to a journalist and uh, I didn't trust any of them. And one of the old timers in the squad, Frank O'Keefe was his name, worked on the Irma Lozada homicide as a matter of fact. Uh, he says to me, Mike, you don't trust journalists, you use them. Right. And you pull their pants down, spank them on the ass, and send them on the way. Right. <laughs> like, okay. I that. And I, it was good, I got a five day hit out of it by going off the reservation. They just didn't understand what you but were doing. But the four year old that looked like she had gotten kidnapped, I ended up finding the very next day. I thought it was on the news. Oh, good. So I was like, and I was laughing when I took the hit. I'm like, I'll do that standing on my head. That's great. So I remember that uh, this detective from Manhattan Special Victims, John Savino, had this really violent rape where this guy tried to uh, kill this girl. And he went on America's Most Wanted. And he still couldn't find her. But like five or six months later, the phone started ringing off the hook, and he was in a bar in Queens. So I saddled up my team, and we went there. And sure enough, he was in the bar. But two Queens Marines went in there. And they looked around, and he was there drinking at the bar. They're like, oh, he's not here, and they left. So we well, started... they, they couldn't recognize him because he didn't have that plaque that you had. Yeah, right. He didn't have exactly. He didn't yeah, he's not him. here. He doesn't have the plaque. So we started canvassing other bars, and sure enough, the second, third bar, there he is. And the chief of detectives at the time wouldn't let Savino do a follow-up. America's Most Wanted because he was jealous of all the attention he was getting. Yeah. Just what a bullshit, right? Yeah. Wow. That's kind of like why I liked working in Brooklyn after having worked in Manhattan. Right. Obscurity is a good way to work. You can do whatever you want. Until it blows up on you, and then you have to see the chief of detectives and take your spanking. But it was already first grade, so take five days. Yeah. I'll get that back line of duty by the end of the year. You have that written? You have that story written? What? Do you have that story written? It's a missing persons case, and the kid actually. No, I'm just talking about that, the way you said the story, the character. That you just did it in, like I'll take the hit in five days. It's nothing. That's that's beautiful. That's me. Well, but I'm well, saying not that's. Right here. I'm just being me. No, but I'm just saying that okay. if I'm reading that in the book, I like that guy. Okay. I like that guy a well, lot. Patty Durr will have to say that in one of the forthcoming novels. Yeah, yeah. Because you it's like good. Michael O'Keefe and he's Patty Durr. You haven't read his book, see? I read, no, I read the first one. I read the, I read the first one, The Shot to Pieces. Yeah. Shot the Pieces? I read the whole thing, but I read Yeah, I knew you did. He's, he's a skimmer. He's a, he's, 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 Who's Patty Durr named after? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to tell you something. When you came on the show, I read the first five, six chapters of that book. I swear to God, I had the book. I bought it. It's on my Kindle. Patty Durr is my birth name. I was adopted. Right. And the only one that got that was my brother. Wow. He's like, you wrote your own book. Uh -huh. I'm like, so? Buy it. 
I love the stories, Mike, when you say you go to cop places and you got your books set up and cops try to get a free book. That pisses me off, man. These cheap motherfuckers, right? I laugh hysterically. I'm like, do you know who you're talking to? I don't give nothing away. I am the police. They're trying to get it on the arm. Another cop from a cop trying to get an on the arm book. To be honest, the three book deal I'm running, I'm practically giving to away. So if you don't think you're getting something on the arm, that's your problem. Because <laughs> they were easy to write. That's why I said about that. <laughs> but I would imagine you write so much that you got to read a lot, right? Yeah, I, uh, I do actually. I'm in the, uh, just finishing up, I don't know if you're familiar with T.J. English. He's one of the best true crime writers ever. He wrote uh, The Westies, Paddy Wack. Uh, the book that I'm just finishing is called The Corporation. And it's a 1980s story, up in Manhattan, down to Florida. Uh, detailing uh, Jose Luis, Jose Miguel Battle, the Cuban godfather that ran and established the whole Bolita organization in New York. Uh, it's awesome. It's just... What's it called? Corruption? This guy killed more people than cancer. Corruption it's called? No, the corporation. The corporation. So, I gotta check that out. See, I, I'm not a big reader, man. That's the thing. I haven't no, finished this, the book. It's a big book. I, I got the uh, I got yours, then I got the uh, Michael Francesi book, and I got the guy who uh, was in The Godfather that wrote the book, Carlo. Oh, okay. Carlo's book. Hello, Carlo. Yeah. <laughs> Carlo's beating up his head. Yeah, that was good. That's smart, right? They also kicked out uh, Fat Clemenza's windshield. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Leave the gun, take the cannolis. That's it. <laughs> So, uh, so you're gonna be out there doing signing some books? Sure, if anybody wants to. All right, man. Yeah, right tell us about the tra before you go. Tell us about the training now. What what is the waist down to? Thirty four. Uh, the thirty four is a loose now. Yeah, really? I'm getting scared. Oh wow! I'm gonna be That's in my great. wife's jeans before I know. I haven't been at thirty four. I was Irish, so if your pants fall down, your penis isn't gonna stop them from hitting your knees. <laughs> 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 All right, man. Thanks for stopping by, Michael. Appreciate it, guys. Dan Bibb out there? Where's Dan Bibb? Come on up. Mike's going to be out there signing his books. So make sure you stop Don't by. Don't try to get a book on the arm, all right? Pay the $10. Our next guest, you might remember him. Dan Bibb. Manhattan District Attorney Office. Daniel Bibb. What's up, buddy? How are you? Mark. Hey, Dad. Really? Oh, doing well. What's new, man? How are you, gentlemen? Let's catch up. Oh, well, I gotta have my knee replaced. Really? You had it done, or you oh, have I, to? I found it yesterday. Oh, shit. It sucks getting old. Yeah. Gotta go on Medicare. <laughs> I, got, I got 90 days from the end of October to go on Medicare. Oh, shit. I think the recovery on that is, uh, you in a lot of pain right now? I got a monster brace on, which is helping somewhat. Yeah, I think the recovery time is about a year, and then you're gonna be—you'll be a hundred percent. You'll be like seventy-five percent after six months. Yeah, man, I'm sure I'll be dunking my shack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do that, but uh, you'll be definitely be able to walk again. Definitely. Uh, I almost thought about doing it, but it, all of a sudden it got—it uh, got better. It's uh, mine was arthritis. What's yours? Arthritis. Yeah. Yeah, no ligaments left on two, two sides of the knee. 
That's from playing basketball. It's that the side-to-side -side movement. Whatever it was. This sounds like the Broward County 1013 Club, you know? <laughs> Where all the cops live and they all, you know. So, Dan, what's happening with your career these days? Uh, more drug dealers to represent, you know, try and keep out of federal prison. Is that what most of your cases are, drug dealers? I, I have very few drug cases, but when they do, they pay cash, so that always makes me happy. <laughs> And my, it makes my wife happy, too, because as soon as, as soon as the retainer agreement signs, the money comes in, she goes, honey, we're going to Spark Hill Steakhouse, which, by the way, is just a little room. Yeah. You see how we just, fit just that commercial in there? And, and they're paying me for the, uh, for the spot here. So they pay you in cash, some of these guys? Does it look yeah. like the Floyd, May Floyd Mayweather when he has all I, his cash I, laid out? I guarantee you that... Do you do that? No. Lay the cash out like that? No. <laughs> I'm not. Put it on your Instagram? <laughs> Daniel Bibbs. <laughs> no, I, I actually... I actually, people tell, tell me I'm a fool. I put it in the bank. Uh-huh. And I declare it. Uh-huh. You know, because God forbid... Of course you do. You're on the radio right now. We're doing a podcast. Of course you do. Yes. And you're a lawyer. Yes, I did declare the last 25 grand I got in cash <laughs> if the IRS is listening. So, but, uh, you know, and uh, just trying to keep stupid people who do stupid things out of jail. And I just... Did I ever get your card? I, I got to get your card. I, I got a couple. <laughs> just, I, I just reminded myself because you said stupid people doing stupid one. things. So I was like, you know what? I should get your card. <laughs> and I actually I just got a call Wednesday for... My first homicide as a defense attorney. Wow. Oh, really? I tried probably between 50 and 60 homicides as a prosecutor, maybe more. I stopped keeping track as a prosecutor in Manhattan. And I never, in 13 years, never even got a call. But I got a call from a colleague of mine saying, hey, you interested in trying a homicide in Manhattan? I said, against my former office? Absolutely. <laughs> second, second question was, can he pay? <laughs> and he goes, I think we can work that out. And I said, then I think we can work this out. Yeah, that's good. I, I know nothing about the case. You right have now. a bit of a vendetta against the Manhattan DA's office, right? Well, I don't know if I call it a vendetta. I call it uh, a chip. A chip. On my shoulder. They uh, did some things that when I was there on a case I worked on that I thought were Dicey, less than ethical. They put me in what I consider to be an unethical position of defending a conviction that I spent two and a half years reinvestigating and ultimately came to the conclusion that these two guys weren't just not guilty, that they were factually innocent. That one guy was having Thanksgiving dinner with friends, the other guy was probably there but wasn't involved, and they put me in a position of seeming to defend the convictions. Mm. And, so basically, uh, you think they would want to go forward when they knew that the guys uh, were innocent? You would think, but, and I had meetings all the way up the chain of command, including with the district attorney himself, and I thought that, you know, they set me on this road to do this investigation. It took two years. 
Uh, I can't even count the number of states we went to, prisons we went to, probably 50, 60 interviews, you know, over the course of two years. And I had always assumed that given my experience and everything that I had done to date, that they would trust me. When I came to a conclusion and went into a meeting and said, listen, these guys didn't do this, and I'll tell you who did. Not only did I prove that these two guys didn't do it, but I also gathered a lot of evidence against the four separate individuals who had roles in it. One shooter, another gunman, and two other people who played roles in it. And I was wrong. And it shocked me. And after that meeting, I called my, you know this, I, I called a buddy of mine who was a civil engineer, and I said, I just had the worst day of my career. Um, I need a drink. And we went out and drank bottles of 18-year-old McAllen, <laughs> a bottle and a half. Why do you think that was? Why do you think they, they didn't want to change? It, it was never explained to me. Um, I was if you had a guess. If I had to guess. To overturn a conviction? Difficult. Not 100% sure you're going to get one in its place? High profile case. Um, not, not so much high profile case when it happened, but high profile case while the reinvestigation was going on, where there was a serious candidate for DA against Robert Morgenthau, which had not happened for 30 years. Oh. And she was on the stump and using that case. Uh, and I, nobody ever explained to me why they didn't trust me, ultimately didn't trust me. Uh, but I know who did that. Richie, Peachy, Spanky, and Joey. I know what each of them did, and I know who was the gunman, um, and none of them went to jail on it. So, and I left, and became a defense attorney. And now I fight the system that I was a part of for 24 years. Is that satisfying? It is, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, especially when you get involved in cases that a lot of you guys are retired out there, retired cops out there. There are cases. What's up, Patty? Patty. A real famous guest that walked in. Uh, Detective Pat, he's one of our most popular guests. We get emails about him all the time. He's a great man, great detective. Yes. And there are actually people who get arrested who didn't do it. Or the may have done something, but they didn't do what the DA's office and the police say they did. I just finished a case up in Brooklyn uh, where guys were facing, two guys were facing 50 years in jail, and the Brooklyn DA's office overcharged it, overindicted it on the word of a woman who was a pathological liar. Uh, did they commit some, did they commit crimes? Yes, they did, and they recently took responsibility, they pled guilty, and instead of getting 50 years in, in prison, they're getting five years probation. And if the Brooklyn DA's office had done their job and investigated the case as they should have, that would have been, this was a two-year-long process, that process would have been over in under six months. 
I definitely want to get that card, by the way. <laughs> I'm not even kidding, man. But, but that, Daniel. But then you get a case that, you know, a guy's accused of a, attempted murder and assault, and Brooklyn DA's office sees fit that they're going to offer him a program. And now I have, I have a very good, very good client and a very, very good justification claim. At the end of the day, the Brooklyn DA's office was offering a 13-month program after which he would get a misdemeanor. Now, he's facing a minimum of five years of state prison. And the Brooklyn DA said, I get a call, and I'm just like, what do you say? Yes, of course. You know, Mike, Mike I can do this program, 13-month program, standing on his head. He'll take a misdemeanor, get three years of probation, and go about his life, mm -hmm. and not have to risk a minimum of five and a maximum of 25 years in jail. Well, for no fault of my client, he wasn't. It turns out, two months later, they tell me he wasn't qualified for that program. So I figured I'd just go to the Brooklyn DA's office and say, hey, let's find another program. Let's work this out. This was your idea. You came up with this idea to put my guy in a program to do community service, you know, whatever you wanted him to do, he was going to jump through all the hoops. And they came back at me and said, uh, no, he offers uh, top count in five years in federal, in, in five years in state prison. All right, forget it. I don't want the card anymore. <laughs> so, I cannot believe some of the things that happen as a defense attorney, and especially in places like Brooklyn and the Bronx. And of course, under Cy Vance, it is happening increasingly under Vance as well. Yo, Dan, we would love to have you for an hour, but we have two more guests to get on, so... Um, I was kidding, man. I'll take that card, man. <laughs> and then anyway, the next guest we're going to bring uh, up is... Good luck uh, with the new knee. Detective Scott Wagner. Good luck with the new knee. <laughs> get up here, Scotty. And I guess we'll finish with Detective Pat, so you guys get something to wait for, you know, you're excited about. Get in here, you. Why do you got to rearrange the, why can't you just sit down like a normal person? He's got to rearrange the furniture. I'm what's amazed up? he got here. He lives in Brooklyn the last yeah, time he got buddy. lost. What's up? What's going on? How are you? What's going on? Going what are you off. doing with yourself? I'm trying to get here from South Brooklyn. Uh-huh. My, my GPS said an hour when I got out of the shower. When I got in the car, it said an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a, anywhere, getting around anywhere in this city is insane now, man. I don't have it either, but that's the way we've been rolling. That's our engineer back there, the kid, Andrew Steiner. He was actually on the comedy show. I made a show, request. Right? I said, can you do me a favor? And, and for the audience, not for me, I get to see them every week. I said, can you wear your open toe sandal things? And today he decides to wear shoes just to spite me. <laughs> So now nobody can actually see his feet. I never knew he had feet. <laughs> He's got feet, they're beautiful feet. <laughs> so what have you been up to, Scotty? Uh, nothing much. We, uh... All right, thanks for coming by. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're doing, uh, doing more than any stuff. Nothing much. You had two weeks to prepare. That's the best thing. Yeah, what's going on? That's the question that goes through your head before you sit down for any interview. What's, so what's you doing, been up to? I'll be doing a knee like Dan. Oh, are you doing a knee too? Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, shortly after I did your thing, I blew it out. So. Wow. Doing what? Doing the podcast last night. You blew your knee out doing our podcast. <laughs> well, I'd be, I'd be laying in the pool in the palatial state. I'm waiting for the legal papers. I'm probably getting sued. He tripped oh. in my driveway or something. You, you haven't got him. You pat his wife on <laughs> And, and, the, and the, the, prosecutor, the, the, the attorney's uh, Daniel. Bip. <laughs> He's the defense attorney. <laughs> so uh, so what, you blew your knee out too? Yeah. We got nothing but old men on this show. You got a hip. This guy, everybody's got a knee. You do. It's crazy. <laughs> You do. This show ain't gonna last too much longer. Yeah, they give you that card so when you go to the airport, but they don't want to see that card. You know that you got metal yeah, in your body. They want you to go through it. I know. What so you, often I go to the airport. Yeah. What were you doing? You were a private investigator too, right? Yeah, I did a lot of PI work. What are you doing? Are you doing any divorce cases? Following no, guys no, no, around? No. I don't. I don't like doing matrimonial work at all. Really? Why? Yeah, it's. I don't know. It's uh, a lot of it's dirty. The guy that my wife hired was good, man. Man. I'm, I'm just saying, a lot of it... That guy was out there every night, man. He didn't miss a thing, this guy. The things that get oh. me the most, the things that get me the most are when you do the no-fault insurance. Uh -huh. Because, let's say an accident happens April 1st. Mm -hmm. So you get the case, right, on the 5th or 6th. So on the 7th, you go out to the MRI place to get copies of medical records, and it's for that. What? It's for rent already. Oh. Right place. Oh. You know, it's all, everything's connected. Yeah, it's so a there's skip. tons of fraud. Tons of fraud. Uh -huh. And these That's people where you come paid. in. People are getting paid constantly. You know, we pay with our car insurance. We pay. I'm a, I get, I'm a sucker, man. I pay. I don't get paid. <laughs> I'm a schmuck. Yeah. <laughs> you should. We should come. How the kids? Kids are good. Yeah. Biggest one's complaining because he's got to do uh, traffic details for the channel. Scott's, oh, Scott, Scott's son yeah, is on Unger's the job, so, you know. Yeah, my son's yeah. in the dino. They were always trying to get me to do that dignitary, man. I never wanted it. Oh, it's the greatest thing in the world. I used to duck and dodge that training, man. I didn't it's want that training. It's the greatest thing in the world. You no, got to I, eat good. Oh, please. Yeah, I but the thing good. was, I was a comedian, so I had... I had to be out at night. I couldn't be following around this freaking dignitary. I know it's overtime, but no. But it was it was just insane. That, that two weeks would have killed me. You know what I did do during dignitary? I drove around and I collected overtime slips. <laughs> no, that's what my job was. I would go to the place in Brooklyn, the, Navy the dock, yeah, the Navy Yard, and then I, they would give me the list. I would go. I would I would grab all the overtime slips and drop them off in every borough for everybody who was working on them. That was, took me six and a half hours. Well, let me tell you something. We got to do things. Go up in helicopters, going to Barney's and Bill and the Name. I got to do things. There was a girl that lived right in Queens, on Queens Boulevard. And when I did my Queens stop at the 112 to drop off those overtime slips at the borough, I did her. Well, in the, <laughs> that was in the... Uh, <laughs> I One hell of a cop. What is that, that expression? Cop never gets cold, I can't remember hungry, the, uh, or horny, or something like that. I can't remember the R and P number, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Unger man, that was on overtime. Thank you. You never did it. I never did Unger. I wasn't. Um, I didn't have that training. That uh, you know, getting that training was a hook. The best. You know, it was a hook. He wanted everybody to go. Pulaski wanted everybody to go. I didn't go to it, so... Oh, the things I do, I had to do it, duck and dodge that one. It was the best, because my, my partner and I would disappear for, you know, That crazy overtime, though, right? Some guys got Rolex watches. Yeah. 
If yeah. you do a sheet. There was a big thing with the Saudis. They, they bought each one a Rolex watch and they engraved the back of it. Mm -hmm. So there was all different with the gift being in excess of a certain amount of money. It said Allah Akbar, right? Yeah, right. so <laughs> when, they went to, when the job found out about it, they wanted to give it back, the Saudis would take it in as a personal insult, a slap yeah, in only the, the Only the chiefs are allowed to get those watches. Yeah, well, these guys got the keep They all got the keep But going backstage at the Broadway show, you know, when do you get to do something like that? Like I said, Barney's at 3 o'clock in the morning. They you went to go up. see Barney? No, Barney's the men's store. Oh, they yo, opened it up so these people could shop. It's really I was like, yo, you saw Barney? <laughs> you really saw Barney? Yeah, three in the morning. <laughs> uh, also, some of the hotels were fantastic. Now, I heard a lot of guys had a good time, and some of the guys, some of the dignitaries, they go to sleep early, so it's an easy one. But then every once in a while, you get the guy who likes to party and go out all night, and you're out with. You, it's listen. It lasts two weeks. You could rack up on overtime. I was just being a bitch, but uh, I didn't want to do it. So instead, I would do that overtime thing. Let me ask you something, Scotty. The um, episodes that you did with us, which you talked a lot about a serial killer named Aaron Keaton, right. did you get uh, any feedback from people that saw that? Or people that, uh, well, there were two TV shows about it you know, years ago. That yeah. And the, the sad thing about doing it in another podcast was there's so much more to it. But, you know, and now that I'm off the job, there's so much more to it that could be said about it. It's much more than, than an hour. It's much more than two hours. If right, you want to sure. get into the politics of who, what, when, where, and what. But, you know, TV wants everything wrapped up in, you know, oh, yeah. 45 minutes and 15 minutes of commercials. And, yeah, you know, with so. a reenactment, yeah, it's, it's exactly. done. They make up folders and they stick them on the table, take a picture of it. Right, exactly. So. But, uh, no, Linda Fasting did a, she did a show about it. It was hard. Her show. Oh, we got paid a lot for it. Yeah. That one got paid good. But, but uh, the one that was done by Curtis Productions was the most accurate. That's that's when they they went back and got like, Marie Bertini from mm -hmm. the old Homicide Squad and, and, and these guys and who investigated the first. You should case. do acting, bro. You got the whole thing, man. You could play uh, the whole mob. I could play your father. And, and, you know, you know, so. You can't play me. You can play my brother, but I'm. Well, what do you got cooking up? Anything coming up? Besides, no, I a, I besides a, another guy doing his knee? No. I got a project that I'm working on right now. You should guys all get your knees done together. <laughs> get in the same room, the yeah, exactly. We could do the podcast from the emerge of uh, the, the hospital for special surgery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there you go. <laughs> That would be something. You get the police off the cuff discount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, where's the merch? We're working on it. We're okay. gonna. I want to design a whole bunch of merch. One of the first things I want to do. <laughs> I'm so excited to tell you this. Uh, we're gonna come up with Detective Pat shirts. It's gonna be the first thing we're gonna sell. It's gonna be. Uh, it's just gonna be you with that hat on, <laughs> with the mic in front of you. It's gonna say uh, it's somewhere. It's gonna say Detective Pat. It's gonna be police off the cuff, and that's it. That's the first thing we're selling. So uh, why don't we just I, I get some room in thing. the uh, in the in the Joe in the gut? <laughs> the, last, the last podcast, very interesting. Yeah, from school and everything. Yeah, this guy's amazing. Yeah, he's great. But you look like you were in someone's dinette. 
<laughs> it was, we were on a boat at all. It looked horrible. I was leading sideways. You were in like someone's dynamic so heavy, with a picture man. of an old entire yeah, yeah. He was getting seasick after a while. I did get Even though we were in the dock, he was rocking a little bit, you know? showed the boat. Every time somebody says to me, you want to go on my boat? I'm like, no, I don't care. I don't want to be on your boat. <laughs> I don't I want to do it. No, it's beautiful. No, You, know, you go to his house, you hear the birds in the background, you didn't hear a freaking seagull. How'd you know you were in a boat? Oh, with Monty, we heard his kids. That's right. It's a big girl's warbed. What'd you say? It's a big girl's warbed in the game. Oh, the warbeds, yeah. Those are the big things. Yeah, CC. Anywho, why don't we bring up Detective Pack? Pack will be the last to... Detective Pack, the famous. We're not going to bring up Monty because he's going to open up the comedy show with his song, Ode to the 4-4-0. So, uh, so we're going to bring up Detective Pat. But let's say goodbye, man. Thank you so much. Scott, thanks for coming, man. Scott. Detective Pat, have beer, will travel. Feed him Coronas when he does the damn podcast at my house. I hope they're not charging you for those beers, Detective Pat. We put them on my tab, right? I mean, Bill's tab. He goes... He goes to Myrtle Beach with his NYPD detective shield around his neck. He took me deep. He took you deep? Detective Pat... Oh, man. What's Walk. up, buddy? How are you? Billy. How are you? Flaming Raymond. I wasn't kidding about that. That's the first piece of merch that we're going to sell, the Detective Pat shirts. You what? Well, that's what we're selling. The first <laughs> thing that we're selling, the first piece of merch, we're going to have a website and we're going to have a merch page. The first piece of merch we're having is, is the Detective Pat t-shirt. And we're also going to have a, a, one, a Miss Homicide. We're going to put a sash on you Miss, that says Miss Homicide. <laughs> the FUPA. Oh, the FUPA? Three alumni. Yeah. Maybe we could put FUPA on the side here. I was thinking about, nobody has it. No, we, we can't. No, no, I haven't heard a thing in the whole show. I don't even know why we still have them on. But, uh, so, Pat, what's going on? getting man? the sound, though, right? All right, he's, uh, he's on it, man. He's on it. Same old thing. Or you can't hear uh, over your headphones? All right, so listen to me, because I'm sitting right next to you. All right, <laughs> Do you need any new body parts that you could book it with Dan and... Uh, Surprisingly <laughs> enough, Detective Pat is in the best shape of, out of all of us. What's that? I didn't hear you. <laughs> I, wonder if they, I wonder if they do ears at the, at the hospital for special surgery. Seriously, I can't hear you. <laughs> Just take the thing off, man. Take the, you don't even need them. We don't need them. It's a big pain in the ass anyway. The question was, do you need any new body parts? Yeah, I need a knee because I spent 20 years on them. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty needs two. I only need one. <laughs> Comedy is catches. See, he's a, he's a comedian now. <laughs> Me and Scotty go back a long ways. Billy, too. Yeah, we're all in the two, three. That's right. Uh, Rose of Spanish Harlem, right? And Irma. Yes. Homicide. Yeah, she was before my time. She was before us, yeah, in the two, three. That's right. <laughs> but you're younger than me, though, actually. I won't tell them how old you are. You're cold water, Puerto Rican. Cold weather, excuse me. No, what? Not cold, cold water. water. <laughs> cold weather, Puerto Rican. <laughs> Showed that cold heart once on the show. Remember that? Two three was the best. I loved the two three. Scotty loves it, right? Billy, we had some good cases. They had an upstairs in the two three squad where we used to drink. 
that now, they'd suspend you, you know? In fact, one of the sergeants, I, I actually had to send a guy one time to the farm, this first guy in my career. It was just an accident waiting. About a week before retirement. Yeah, it was, a, it was an accident waiting to happen. <laughs> anyway, I was retiring a week. Anyway, I go to the squad CEO, who at the time was another sergeant, and, he, and I tell him this guy's got a real problem drinking. He goes, I told him he's drinking at his desk. He goes, well, why doesn't he just drink in the back? <laughs> <laughs> that solves the fucking problem. <laughs> No, he's driving a car drunk, going the wrong way on one-way streets. We have to do something about this. Drink <laughs> in the back. That's right, right. He gets, goes to get pulled over by the 2-5, and he's like waving the plaque out the window. And he comes in, because I get a call from the desk, the 2-5 desk, and, and, and they say, is this guy your guy? I go, yeah. And he comes, next thing he comes in, he goes, Sarge, I'm going the wrong way on the one-way street. Oh, these fucking cops pulled me over. <laughs> and what'd you name him? What'd you name I don't want to get to name him because people will figure out who he was. What, one, oh, what, did, what was his name? We used to call him Dean Martin. Because he would come into work. Everybody loves somebody sometime. He would come into work feeling nice, right? He had like a little buzz on, you know? And as the night progressed, he was drinking... Vodka and Coke at his desk, right? Oh, that's so gross. This is how he talked to complainants. Hey, baby, it's Jenny. <laughs> I was like, who are you talking to? Oh, it's a domestic violence complainant. I was like, oh, that's professional. <laughs> I'm going to arrest that dirtbag of a husband of yours. Right? <laughs> That's all I'll give you, or else you'll guess who it was. <laughs> so, uh, you catch any lead lately? Nah, I caught lead in 97. <laughs> in the left foot. <laughs> <laughs> were you out in the street chasing a perp? Nah, I was in the PJs. We were looking for a perp when I caught it. I thought you was in the couch, watching TV, and nah. you fell asleep. <laughs> He loves using acronyms. He said to me, hey, you got a refrigerator full of PBRs. And I go, what the hell is that? He goes, Paps Blue Ribbon. <laughs> I, I, I was actually man. just drinking them at the Elks Club in Yorktown. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, they were good. They got a new one now. It's 6.5 alcohol. Wow. Oh, my God. I had like four of them. I got a nice buzz on right now. If only they had that. <laughs> If only they had that when you were on the job, you know? And then Billy came to pick me up, my man from Yonkers PD. He's a hero in Yonkers oh, cool. PD. That guy right there, he came, he came to pick me up. He had like three beers for me. Nice. He's yeah. a good friend. Oh, yeah. He's good that's a, that's a good so you're feeling nice right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting it. I'm getting a couple shots of J-Mo. I still got color. Still got color. Yeah. You look yeah. like you had a well, nice summer. The bike wall thing. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a red alcohol tint, and that's not sun. <laughs> that's not no, sun. I was on the bike, I saw a couple of gin mills, and then I went back, and he picked me up. He had three beers. Oh, uh, okay. So I'm good. Uh -huh. You know, I'm halfway there. The bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> I had one. I had one so far. I got to catch oh, up a little bit. No, I just got here. <laughs> what else you got to do? You got to do a show. You're a cheap date. Yeah, man. Uh, so what are you doing, man? 
doing synagogues, we're doing hospital, we're doing so much. What do you got, fixes? You doing fixes? You got three drops. You got fixes. That's what you do. You do fixes, right? What do you do? No, it's not really fixes. No? At the synagogue, I'm roving. Oh. Protecting the kids and stuff yeah, okay. like that. Yeah, okay. All right. When you, walk in the, when you walk into the synagogue with alcohol over your breath, what does the oh, Grand Rebbe say? You can't do that. You get fired. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they don't want to hear that. I'm so, squared away. When I go there, I'm squared away. What do you buy, about 10 packs of gum before you go to work? <laughs> <laughs> I got a bottle of Listerine in the <laughs> So do I. <laughs> Actually, that's got alcohol content too. You get a shit faced off a of Listerine too. Yeah, you have to. There's nothing yeah. else. So, how was your boat ride anyway? I'm, we didn't go on the boat ride. We just sat there in the dock. We did all this. His his cousin owns the that boat nice that we boat shot. Boat. We shot our last episode on the uh, Henry oh, Wahlberger. You well, out? Oh, it was great. It was, it was nice. A, it was a great show. You know, so we appreciate the fact that that's your your uh, cousin, right? Why don't you go cruise? No, it's your brother. My his cousin. My mother and his mother were sisters. And my father I get the whole cousin father. thing. You don't have to explain. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. His brothers married two sisters. So okay. Oh, yeah. I figured that too. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, you bet. Yeah, so, uh, no, that was nice of him to lend us the boat. And it's a beautiful boat. You got to go cruising with him. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, I'm probably not going to do that. Well, the scopolamine, that doesn't work. There's another thing you put over here that didn't work either. I don't like it. I'm a land guy. A land lover. How's the coin? You know, but his cousin doesn't like drinking, though. So I don't know how Patty. You must like, yeah. You must like sneak your beers in your coat or something when you're around him, right? No, he goes. Those guys go on the boat drinking. Uh, the bosses. He does a cruise down, down with all the bosses. He was picking up uh, Chief Chief Mike Shea a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he asked me if I wanted to take a ride. I don't have to swab the deck for any chiefs anymore, you know. <laughs> I called you with you. They said they requested a guy wear his naval uniform with a mop and do the deck. And I said, I'll, I'll call up Patty, but you weren't around. What do you got coming up? You got anything coming up? Uh, Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. No, that's a big, that's, yeah, you got, you're going to be on call. Oh, yeah, you got a lot of high holy days coming up. Yeah, that's like a week, right? Oh, yeah. It's more than a week. It's like. Three weeks. Oh, okay. Now you're you're a part-time Somers cop, right? Yeah. What does that mean, Somers? <laughs> up in Somers, there's a town up north of here called Somers, and he's a cop yeah. there. Yeah. There's, there's How's the cash? cash? Tommy Dunn's there. How's the cash? The cash is uh, thirty grand a year. That's all you can make. Really? Because you gotta get that waiver. You get everything OTA. You know all the good spots up there, or what? Of course, you know. Wear the uniform off duty. <laughs> to go shopping. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I heard you were so seen in the Yonkers Mall with the Somers police uniform. <laughs> Is that true? Hey, man, it's got to eat. <laughs> no, it's not OTA. Not everything is OTA. A couple spots. You know, you know the drill. You guys know the drill. 
<laughs> you know the spots? You go there and there's four RPs in front of the place. That's the place to go to. <laughs> right? Mark? You put the guy out of business, out. though, man. You got to sit out on the side and wait a minute. It's like waiting at a drive-thru. You wait yeah. till they leave, then you pull in. <laughs> you don't want to go all everybody in there. Remember the guy that went to roll food with his wife and kids? Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember that one? Uh -huh. Oh, good. I worked with a guy that he uh, he had a warrant for him over here, but the guy had moved to Florida. So then he went to pay him a visit with, in Florida with his wife and kids, and they ate at his restaurant in Florida. Oh, nice. OTA in Florida? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> clear up in the, yeah. This, this, I was down in Florida recently. I, <laughs> is that right? <laughs> I was down in Florida. I, I saw those cars, the Broward cars. The Broward cowards. I couldn't think, I couldn't. The shooting? No, they, Broward County was known as the Broward Cowards, yeah. I wouldn't go into the school. You got fired. Hey, let me ask you a question before we got to uh, shut it down. Are you okay with the t-shirts? You don't have to answer me now, but We're it's going to be beautiful. No, that's, that's what, that was my, my, that's my baby. You, like, you ain't getting a piece of it, so. No, you'll, you'll get your piece of it. What do we get? You'll get, I'll give you a hundred shirts. Get your case of beer. We'll get your case of PBRs. <laughs> <laughs> what are we getting? Walter Cuff with the handcuffs? Yeah. Well, no, I, I, the first shirt I want is just, it's going to be you in the hat and, with the mic, and then it's going to oh say Detective Pat on top. I like the shirt on the back, though. I like it on the back. Yeah, we want him on the motorcycle? Oh, yeah. yeah. On the back. All right, we can you put can Detective put Pat on the, on the back, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, let's do it. What about the older heroes out of here? What about them? Everybody's going to get their own, but you're going to be the first one. Oh, all right. You were the biggest hero. There's a lot of heroes here. <laughs> so, you know what? Listen, you, you were the, our first guest. Going back to when we first oh, yeah, decided yeah. to do this the first time. And uh, remember that lady's house up there? Oh, my God. That's right. South Cell. That was yeah, South Cell. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Lisa yeah, we came a long way. That's right. We came a long way. You helped us out back there. You came through the night. Uh, yeah, it was good that time. Yeah. We're gonna look out for you, bro. This show's this show's going places, man. We're gonna take you with us. You hear me? <laughs> you'll, you'll be you'll be drinking better beer. <laughs> no more PBRs, man. Cabernet, not Chardonnay. Whatever. That's right. Did I make it on time? I made it on time. Made it on time. Well, I think listen, we're gonna. This is, uh, yeah. It's like almost like let's just say it's one season. So thanks, bro. You did a great job. Thank you guys uh, for uh, folks. We're, we're, we're going to have to break this down. So can everyone go out in the front room to the bar and we'll set this up and the, the show will start promptly at 730. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you, guys. Thank you.